Okay, today's, today's speaker is a very familiar face on campus. We all know him and love him. So without further ado, Mr. Choi. Oh. All right, who is ready for a Christmas break here? Yes? You're excited, but your teachers are way more excited, trust me. All right. Hey, good morning, almost afternoon, everyone. Um, hopefully you're doing well, and uh, it's a great time of the year, Christmas especially. Uh, one of the traditions of Christmas is, for me, I love watching a particular movie that always comes out around this time, and for some reason, I just grew up watching this, watched it many times. Have you guys ever seen this movie here? A Christmas Story? Okay. <laughs> What's the name of the kid? Ralphie. Ralphie, yes, right, yes. All right, if you know the main plot of the movie, it's about Ralphie and his experience of trying to get this one present. What's it called? Red Ryder BB gun, yes. All right, I'm going to play for you, um, back guys, guys in the back, they're going to play for you a 30-second clip one of my favorite scenes. So go ahead and play that, and we'll talk about it. There we go. Oh, for one brief moment, I saw all the bolts silhouetted against the lights of the traffic, and then they were gone. Oh, fudge. Only I didn't say fudge. I said the word, the big one, the queen mother of dirty words, the F. Dash, dash, dash word. What did you say? Later in that scene, Ralphie gets into the car. Dad tells mom what happened. Mom is aghast. They go home. And the next thing is Ralphie has a piece of soap in his mouth, because that's what they did back in the day. And then mom asks Ralphie, where did you learn that word? And Ralphie didn't want to confess that he learned it from his old man, his dad, who says it all the time, but he wanted to actually say his friend taught him. Mom calls friend. Next thing you know, mom is telling the other mom, and then somehow the mom on the back of the line, phone line, is um, wailing on her son, and, doesn't, and the son doesn't know what's going on. Um, it's, uh, it's one of my favorite scenes, and it actually brings memories back for me. Um, for me, growing up, I used to curse a lot. And uh, there was a time exactly when I was 14 years old when I was actually cursing in upstairs with my cousin. We were talking. My dad happened, I thought he left, but he didn't leave. He was just outside the door. He heard, and he opened the door, and his eyes got really big. You could see that he was mad. I looked at him. My, eye, my eyes got really big. And my dad is like a, you know, formerly in the, in the Navy. He's like second degree black belt, and he's a really fit guy. And I thought my life was going to flash before my eyes. Uh, and I, I won't tell you what happened afterwards, but it's probably something that I can't share at this moment. Now, when you think about cursing and words, um, I can tell you that I actually have not said the F word uh, since I was 18. I have not said it, yep. I haven't said it for, you could probably calculate this. 
and, and I'm, not, I'm not 21, so I haven't said it for about 33 years. I just don't use it. It's not a part of my language. I've had plenty of people get me mad. I've had people curse at me. I've had angry drivers, you know, yell at me, windows down, fingers all up, and they've uh, used profanity. But for me, I just don't curse. It's just not a part of my language. Now, I may not be guilty of cursing or saying the F word in 33 years, but I can tell you and I can confess to you, I have been guilty of using my words poorly and using my words to put people down, to discourage, and to hurt others and offend others. And today I want to challenge you as a high school student body, individually, I want to challenge the coaches, the staff, the faculty, teachers, all the adults, and myself to consider your words and how to use them well because your words matter and they can make a huge difference. Now there's all this research, maybe you study this in psychology, where the impact of words, and here's a quote here. They talk about how negative words, whether it be thought, spoken, or heard, can actually, and they've measured this in people's brains, can cause undue stress and anxiety in people. And it, they see how it does impact people. Now, that's not like revolutionary and brand new. You see this in sports. There's a reason why home court, home field advantage works. Why usually visiting teams have a harder time winning on the road because as the fans cheer for the home team and the fans boo the visiting team, there's an impact. And obviously in like a smaller uh, field or court setting uh, where in basketball, certain sports, you could hear the fans yelling and saying things and they're trying to just get in your head. Negative words have impact upon people in terms of how they feel and how they think. Now, modern research, we think that's like, wow, they discovered something, but you know what? Modern research is really just recycled truth from ancient wisdom. And God talks about this in his word. I want to share with you five points, okay, five points. And I'm going to go rapid fire on this. And the first one is this, words matter. Say it with me, words matter. Yes, James chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Okay, take a look up here and consider this. With it, we bless our Lord and Father and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be. Yet we can worship God with the words that come from our mouth, and yet we can use the same words to put people down, to be negative, to offend. And especially in a Christian community, it's important to consider words matter because they can have an impact on people for the good or for bad and evil. Words matter. Simple. Number two, be aware. Be aware of the impact of your words. Just be aware that your words actually matter so much that it can impact people even though your intentions may not be the case. There's this uh, idea in um, where people have died in crowds. It's called crowd crush. Here's a picture. And I want you to take a look here, and the people who are up in the front of the gate, and there are people who've died from what's called a crowd crush. And there's like websites and videos about how to avoid a crowd crush where you can actually get hurt. Now, there are thousands of people probably behind these individuals, 
And the people in the back, they have no idea what's going on with the people up front. All they're simply doing is moving forward, pushing forward, thinking that, hey, let's get going. Yet the people who are stuck at the gate, they can't move. And because of the impact of hundreds and thousands of people, the amount of force and pressure upon the people here near the gate who are not able to move, the impact is it's almost like thousands and thousands of pounds of force such that they suffocate and many have actually died in a crowd crush. All the people in the back, they have no idea. They're just simply moving forward a little bit at a time. They don't see the impact. In the same way, there's an idea, it's called word crush. Words and things that we say to people, we may not have bad intentions, but the impact of all these other individuals, whether it be joking around, saying negative things, it becomes a small little push, and it ends up hurting people in such a way where like a group of people can actually affect people and crush them, discourage them, and hurt them in ways that maybe that's not their intent, but it happens. Guys do this all the time, okay? Guys like to joke around, tease, make fun of, say stereotypes about other people, and we think that it's a way of bonding, but the reality is when guys joke around too much and say negative things, it becomes a word crush, and people are impacted. Ephesians chapter 4 Uh, Chapter 5, verse 4. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, notice how he flips this, let there be thanksgiving. Be aware of the impact of your words. It can crush people. James 1.19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Um, the wisdom in that, right? If we were to be quicker to listen and take a moment to pause and maybe be slow in terms of what we say, and then we might actually be slower to being angry. But usually people get in trouble because they're quicker to react. They react too quickly and they speak too much and they want to speak on top of one another. Be aware. Number three, tone matters. Does tone matter how people talk? Yeah, the tone can convey so much more than the words itself. What you communicate with your tone says a lot. You know, during college, um, I had roommates in college where we, back in those days, we had what's called the landline phone. Do you guys know what that is? Only the adults might know. It was like a phone, and you had to put something on top of it, and there was a line, and it connected to a phone outlet, okay? Anyways, we had one phone in the apartment, you know, when we were at UCLA. And I always knew, we always knew who our roommates were talking to, whether they were talking to a guy or they were talking to a girl. If a guy called, they would be like, hey, yeah, what's up? What's going on? They just kind of murmur, they talk, they're real choppy. But as soon as their voice went high, we knew they were talking to a girl. Oh, hi, hello. We knew they were, and then all of us would come out and we would just start making fun of him. Like, who are you talking to? No one, and they would try to move away because it was typically someone that they liked. The tone of a person and how they talk, it tells you a lot, right? What is your tone when you talk to your parents? What is your tone when you talk to adults? What is your tone when you talk to people around you? Words matter. And here's what I just want you to kind of think about. How to go from being tone deaf to having 
perfect pitch. Okay, just five things, five things to consider. Number one, identify what kind of tone do you convey and listen to others who achieve this. Just be aware of like, is my tone condescending? Is my tone, um, you know, obviously like agitated? Is my tone disrespectful? Or is my tone considerate and kind? Number two, sometimes it's okay to ask for uh, feedback. Like, hey, did I come off in such a way that I showed that I was disrespectful? That's a good line to say to an adult sometimes. Is my tone disrespectful? Number three, consider how light or dark your tone might be. Maybe your state of mind. Are you angry when you say what you say? Are you communicating in such a way that is caring and loving? Consider. Number four, some people do this, totally up to you. Record yourself. Sometimes it's weird when you actually listen to yourself talk. You're like, wow, I never thought that I spoke that way or I communicated that way. But being aware of how you communicate and what you say could actually help you to improve in terms of your communication skills. Number five, let you see it up here. Ask yourself, what's my intention behind this message? What do I want to say and how should I say it? Tone matters a lot. Colossians chapter 4. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. The idea of seasoned with salt here, it's the idea that you want to have your words have an impact that's positive and not negative, helpful and not hurtful. Number four, number four, choose wisely. Choose your words wisely. I know a lot of this stuff is practical. You know, you are taught so much in Bible class and you know a lot of things. I just want to be real practical with you because these are things that will help you to grow as a person, okay? Number four is choose wisely. Proverbs 15, 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of fools pour out folly. A soft answer is the idea of being gentle and patient when a person is talking to you, and maybe their voice is escalating, but you are going to diffuse that. You're going to talk calmly. You're going to talk in such a way that you're going to help them to deal and manage a situation where they are expressing a tone and feelings that are beyond what you want to deal with. Sometimes when people share and talk to you, you could say one of two things, right? You could say, hey, just get over it. Or you could say, I'm so sorry you feel that way. You could say, just relax, chill out. You're way too worked up about this. Versus a person who says, I can hear you. I hear what you're saying. Do you see the difference how... One answer can agitate, and another answer can actually dissolve and diffuse their anger. Or why are you overreacting versus I can understand why you feel that way. Choose your words wisely. The fifth and final thing. Since words matter, your tone matters, and you have to consider how you speak. Just the last thing here is use your words to be encouraging. Encourage with your words. Ephesians 4, verse 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. 
there's a couple of authors, they wrote a, a book called Words Can Change Your Brain. And there's a quote up here. And it's an interesting quote because it talks about the impact of words, your brain, your feeling, and your actions. And he, they wrote this. By holding a positive and optimistic word in your mind, right, thinking the right things, you stimulate frontal lobe activity. That's like the front part of your brain. That's a thinking mechanism. This area includes specific language centers that connect directly to the motor cortex responsible for moving you into action. And as our research has shown, the longer you concentrate on positive words, the more you begin to affect, affect other areas of the brain. Words matter. Why do people struggle emotionally when they're constantly having negative thoughts? Because the impact of negative words makes a person feel a certain way, whether it be you express it or you think it yourself. You know, I like this quote, but I want to make it a little bit different. I want to add uh, some biblical components to it. So here's a more biblical version. Take a look up here. Same quote, but I'm going to add a few things for you to consider. By holding a positive and optimistic word in your mind, especially God's word, you stimulate frontal lobe activity, including your mind and your soul. This area includes specific language centers that connect directly to the motor cortex responsible for moving you into action. That means obedience. And as our research has shown, the longer you concentrate on positive words, that's the idea of meditation meditating upon God and his word, the more you begin to affect other areas of the brain, plus your mind, your heart, your soul, and others. Coaches do this well when they talk about how to be successful in a situation in the game. You don't think about how you're going to fail. You focus on how can you can be successful because positive thoughts will help you to be successful on the court and on the field. Okay, it's things that coaches do in athletics. For you as a Christian and for you as a student, when you have the right thoughts in your mind and you believe in the right things, it affects how you feel. It makes you think and believe the right things. And it will help you to do the right things in your life. Okay? Here at CBCS, here's my hope. I hope and I pray that every single one of us will consider that words matter, to be aware of the impact of our words, that our tone matters, that you choose wisely, and that you use your words to encourage and to bless, not to discourage and to hurt. Is this something that you could think about and consider? All right, thanks. Let's pray. If you could bow your heads. Thank you. Lord, I want to pray for this class and uh, this group and this uh, high school body and the faculty and staff. Lord, words are so important. The Word of God is divine. It's truth. It's the one thing that we should constantly read and meditate and study because it is the one thing that will really help us to feed and fuel our heart and our souls and our minds. And we know that there's a lot of negativity in the world. And sometimes our mind gets captivated by negative thoughts. But Lord, help us to take captive every thought so that we would overcome any feeling that is negative. And we would also be focused on encouraging and building up one another so that we would be a campus, a school, a community that uplifts, encourages, blesses, and uses our words well. I pray this in your name. Amen.
This episode has been a production of the Capistrano Valley Christian Schools Podcast Network. Capistrano Valley Christian Schools is a Christian JK-12 school in San Juan Capistrano, California. Be sure to check out, subscribe to, and leave a review of this show and the other shows on our network on your podcast player of choice. Doing so supports the school community in a multitude of ways. For more information about the CVCS Podcast Network or any of our other shows, check out cvcs.org or email podcasts at cvcs.org. On behalf of the whole network, this is Mr. Jasper saying thank you again for listening and stay tuned for more.